Great song there. And aren't you glad that you can come to Jesus just as you are, but he doesn't leave you there. And he has a great heart to want to grow you, want to, want to mold you, and we're glad that uh, we have a God who, in all of his wisdom, his sovereignty, he's able to do that. And um, this morning, I want, to, uh, I want you to turn, please, to um, Habakkuk chapter 2. And we're going to talk a little bit about vision, and we're, we're leading into some time as a church where we'll talk a little bit about what's to come. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we think about vision, we sort of have this idea that it's just, it's just ideas that we just sort of think through and we want to fill calendars maybe and have a bit of a program and, and that it's just that it's just something to do. And yet when we think about how the Lord Jesus, um, you know, in, in, in his, his foresight of things and even how God dealt with his people through the course of, of the history of the Bible, there were times where, where God did deal with that. And we're not talking here this morning about extra biblical um, visions where we're just making things up and, and claiming them to be something from God. You understand that when it comes to biblical vision and what we're talking about, it's, it's really founded on our looking into the Word of God. And I think about the verse in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, which is probably uh, overquoted as far as when it comes to vision. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But then the second half of, half of that verse, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And there's a corresponding relationship there between having a vision for what can be and also what it is that the Scriptures has to say. That's the guide. That's, the, that's, the, uh, that's the, 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 the foundation of which we base vision and, and are looking forward and looking into the future. And I do hope this morning that you do have an outlook for the Lord. I hope that in your life that you have some sort of vision of what God would have your life to be. And I hope that you're not just so stuck in what is now and what the circumstances are and even some of the questions that surround that that you no longer have a greater outlook of the days ahead. I hope that you as families, as, as, as God has given you your family to lead and to, to guide, that you do have a vision, that you do have an outlook for what can be. And you know, the, all of us here owe a lot to those who had some sort of vision, whether it was just from an earthly perspective or from a spiritual perspective. You think about even the very property that we're on right now. And you think about those who 45 years ago um, had, had some sort of vision from the Lord to start a work, to start a church, to understand that biblically there needs to be a local church in every city. And, and in this location, there were those who, uh, after a little while, understood that there needed to be a place for there to be a, a, a meeting and, a, and some property and some uh, ability to, uh, to come together to a common place to learn about the Word of God. And there were those who, uh, those years later, started to understand and, and with some vision from the Lord, purchased this place. And you think about some of the things that have happened worldwide in different communities. You even think about just, just how human actually it is to have some foresight. You know, all of the, the, the things that we enjoy around our, our, our beautiful community 
someone had some foresight or vision to think, you know, this would be a good place to raise a family. This would be a good place to put a road and some shops and other things. And, and, and you know, it takes some ability, and, and God has given us that as people generally, to look at something for what it is and then look at something for what it can be. And I hope you've got that. I hope that you've got some sort of uh, desire, at least in your heart, to say, you know, this is where I'm at. This is where it, it is with us as, a, as an individual or as a family or as a ministry. And we're going, you know, what can be? What can God do? And, and, and sometimes when, when we're journeying in life, a part of that, part of all of that, it just is formed in questions. And maybe you have some questions. Maybe there's things that are happening in your life and you're asking God what this is about and that somewhat formulates a little bit of what can be and what should be and, and figuring that out. And, and really that's where Habakkuk is, is, finds himself. He's looking at the, the nation and he's grieved for what's happening in the nation. He's got a, a little bit of a, a concern for where it was at and Habakkuk starts to look at how God is dealing with that. And he begins to seek God out for some answers. And, and it could be that part of how God's leading you in your life and how God is working in your life is that you just have some questions about how things are right now. And you're maybe observing maybe in your own life and maybe in your family's life, maybe in our nation's life, what is going on. And you've got some questions from the Lord, uh, questions to the Lord. And that's really where Habakkuk was at. He, he, the two premises of this book is that He's asking, you know, God, what are you doing with those that, uh, with the judgment that, that is to come? I see that some things are just sort of, sort of just playing out and where's the judgment? And then the second question he was asking was, why are you using heathen nations to judge your people? And he was asking all those questions and, 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 and here God answers really with a vision. And after some seeking from Habakkuk, he gets this answer from the Lord. And, and I wonder if you're even in a place this morning as God's people today that you're even seeking something from the Lord. I see many of you young people out here and, and you're, you're just maybe going through school and you're going through university and you're just going through and maybe you have some idea of what you'd like to do. But I wonder if you've got a vision from the Lord. I wonder if you've got some sort of outlook and some sort of perspective about what it is that God wants to form about in your life. And I wonder if you're seeking after some things from God. And, and you know, part of that and part of, part of how we, we go th from, from here to there is to, to seek God out and to find a vision from the Lord. It's to have some sort of outlook. And I think about those even in Scripture. I, I think about... Uh, I think about Abraham who was just there and, and in his seeking of God, then suddenly he gets something from the Lord. God tells him that he's going to go to a city that he knows not. He, he's going to be a, a father of many nations. And he has something that God has given him. And then we see other, play, uh, other people. I think about someone who's uh, later on in his life, Caleb, who uh, later on in his life said, I want that mountain. And he still had a vision from God. And sometimes we get around and we, we're, we're, we just sort of live our lives and we go about and suddenly we have no longer any outlook for what's to come. And I want to tell you that if we're going to continue on for the Lord and if we're going to see something done 
in our generation, and we're going to see something done for future generations as the Lord tarries His coming. And if you want to see something happen in your life as an individual and as a, as a family, then you're going to need to have some sort of, some sort of vision from God. You're going to have some sort of a perspective of what's to come and what God wants to do and how God wants to shape your life. And I hope that, that as part of that, you would listen in in the next couple of weeks as well as we think about that as a church. But I want to talk this morning about how vision works and how, how, how God does that and, and what we need to, to do as God's people to receive something from the Lord. And I'll, I'll, I hope that you come away from this time this morning and you sort of have a, a greater sense of, you know, the things that are now don't always have to be. The, the things that you're, you're, you have questions about, the things that you're, you're hoping could happen, can happen by God's enabling and by God's grace. And I hope that you would desire something from the Lord this morning. And so we'll pray, we'll ask the Lord to bless, and then we'll get into the message as, as we open up in the book of Habakkuk. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Again, we want to thank you for the opportunity it is this morning to open your word. And, and Father, many times we, we can get stuck in the present and we can get stuck in the circumstances that don't seem to, to ever change. And yet, Lord, it just, it just shows, dear God, through your scriptures that when we apply a little bit of faith and a little bit of seeking, that, Father, we get to see even beyond the things that are, are present now to what can be. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would just help us this morning to just desire something from you today. And I pray that, Lord, you would then, uh, Lord, make it clear, dear God, and then, Lord, just show us, dear Lord, what can be. I pray that as we open your scriptures even, that, Lord, you would just help us to recognize some of these things in our lives and then apply it. And then, Lord, uh, find us, Lord, faithful in this day. And so I pray that, Lord, you'd bless our time in your word this morning. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And I'm glad, you know, I think about, I think about even, um, even as, as we've, we've come here and I think about our history as a, as a family and I think about those many years ago when, when uh, my, my dad was able to be brought over for, during his training time from, uh, from the Philippines through to Australia and he began to see something that he wanted for his family. And I, I owe much to, to the vision that God has placed in his heart. And uh, I think about how different our life would be if God, uh, if God hadn't started to begin to speak to my parents about that and how, that, how, how altered our lives would be. And, and we owe a lot to the vision that God gives us as, as individuals. And, and maybe even as you think about that right now, you're in a place that's different. You're in a place that, that, that you, you wouldn't have even really truly imagined many years ago, but, but through some sort of leading and some sort of prompting from the Lord, you're where you're at now. And so we owe a lot to that. And so we ought to be a people, uh, of all people, of any people around the world, we ought to be a people of vision. Because inherent in that is really a life of faith. And we didn't read the verse in Habakkuk chapter 2, but notice verse 4. He says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. And then notice the contrast, but the just shall live by his faith. And so as people of faith, as the people who's, where, where faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, then really inherent in who we are as, uh, as, as people of faith, should, we should be a people of vision. We should be a people who's looking to what can be in the Lord. And, and notice a couple of things as we think about how vision works this morning. Firstly, we note in verse 1 
that you need to be in a place of seeking. You need to be in a place of seeking. And notice with Habakkuk where he was at, he says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. You know what he was? He was in a place of seeking. And you know, we, we could stop right there. Really, many, many people have no greater outlook for uh, rather uh, more than the present because they've just really simply done this. They've stopped seeking the Lord. What are you seeking the Lord for? What time do you, what do you spend your time thinking about and, and praying about and, and, and looking in the scriptures about? What are some things that God has perhaps started to work in your heart about that you're seeking him for? Are you in a place of seeking? And I think about Habakkuk here. He had some questions in his heart. There were some things that he was concerned about as a prophet. And he went seeking for answers. And he didn't seek for answers from anywhere else. He was seeking answers from the Lord. You know, many times we seek some, from some, uh, other, we're seeking other things in our lives. There's many different things in a man's heart. But the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. And there's many things that we're seeking after. You know, we're just built to seek. When, when children are, are out and about, they're seeking for some sort of guidance and seeking for some sort of familiarity and seeking for some sort of fun. And, and there's just something about us that God has built in that we're supposed to be seeking. But ultimately, if we're going to have a vision, we need to seek the Lord first. I wonder if you're in a place of seeking. You know, I remember many years ago, we were on, a, on an excursion and we were in this massive mall and and uh, my, it was just my sister and I, uh, Irene, who were on this excursion, and we were the only kids there. The, the other two, Joanne and Rena, weren't born yet, so we were still having a great time at that point. And, um, and so we were on this excursion, and we were looking at different things, and we were out shopping with my parents during this time. And, and suddenly, as my mom started to look around, Irene was missing. And, you know, this was in a massive mall. She was only, uh, what, three or four years old. And, of course, that's a great concern. You know, I was still busy looking around, and I, wasn't, I didn't realize she was missing. But, but suddenly we realized that she was. And then I heard a familiar voice over the, the PA system in the shopping center. It was my sister crying. I knew that because I was often the cause of that, that crying. And so that came in handy. Actually, all things work together for good. But... Um, but I heard her crying over the PA system, and I immediately knew that was Irene. She had, she began to describe uh, my what my parents were wearing and all of that, and and so we finally found her. She was at the security, and, and thankfully someone found her, and 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 took her over there. But we asked her why she ended up there, and how come she she lost sight of us? And it was because this: she thought she saw my dad, and she started to follow someone else who looked like him. And you know, many times we get distracted in life where we end up somewhere else because actually in the first place we've started to seek other things other than the Lord. We've started to look and, and sometimes in seeking for something, we seek for the wrong things. And I wonder, firstly, are you seeking the Lord? Are you still in a place where you just want to see the Lord? And I want to tell you that, that, that ultimately if you want to have a vision then you're not going to go wrong if you just have a vision of God. If you just set your eyes 
on Him and, and set your eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, if you just got up every morning and you just sought for a fresh look at Christ and you sought for a fresh look at who He is and who He's about and, and what He desires for your life and what His will is for you, then you're going to find yourself in a place where you're going to be far different in a couple of years. You're going to have a greater vision for your life. You're going to have a greater purpose every day if you just started with this seeking for the Lord. You know what he was? He, he was standing at his watch and he was seeking him. Notice what it says. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me. He was seeking for the Lord. You know, sometimes we ask those questions and often we'll, we'll, we'll sit with a young person and say, hey, what do, you want, what, do you want, what do you want to do with your life? You know, we'll sit with our kids and we'll say, hey, what do you want to do? And what we're, in effect, asking, what's your vision for your future? And many times, that's about it. We, many times, that's, that's all we want to know. And yet, so many times, we see, uh, we see ourselves and we see young people going off the rails and sort of derailing in life. And the secret to that wasn't that they were seeking for something. The secret to that and the, the thing to that is that Firstly, if, they, if you don't want them to get, go wrong, you've got to get them to understanding how it is to seek the Lord. How it is that they get, get a fresh view of who Christ is every day and, and having that, that realization that if we, they only follow and seek after the Lord, they're not going to miss the vision that God has for them in the future. It's pretty simple, isn't it? And so firstly, you have to be in a place of seeking Hope you're seeking the Lord. In Jeremiah 29, verse 13, the good thing is this. If you shall seek me, and uh, you, you shall find me, uh, when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And, and you know, many times we, we, we give in, and many times we start off maybe seeking after the Lord and seeking after what He would desire and what He thinks and what He would want for our lives. And after a while, because it requires a bit of effort and a bit of discipline and a bit of continuation, Sometimes we give up, and, and you know, the secret to all of that is that we would give all of our heart to the Lord. Where's your heart at? Where's your heart this morning as, we, as you, you th think about all of the possibilities of life? Uh, I hope that you would, firstly, you would just be seeking the Lord, and you, you won't go wrong if you just seek God. You know, think about, I think about Isaiah. Isaiah, who was another prophet, and we see the, the great revelation in his life and where he responded, here am I, send me. But predicated before that was this, he saw God high and lifted up. He had a clear vision of who God is. He had a clear vision of God's majesty. He had a clear vision of God on the throne, of his sovereignty, of his authority in his life. And, and all of us here would do well if we would just readjust our focus and readjust our vision on who God is and what he's all about. If we got that right, then the rest of the message really doesn't matter. If we would just start in this place, we would just seek the Lord where, in our place of seeking. And many of us, we've stopped. Many of us, we've no longer in our prayer closets. We're no longer seeking for anything. We're just getting by and we're just wondering what life is all about. And suddenly, we have no outlook for what, what can be. And it's got to start in a place of seeking the Lord. But, you know, he also was in a place of seeking, seeking a response. He said, not only will he, he will say unto me. He was in this place and he had built 
he, he was on this tower seeking for what the Lord will say unto me. You know, he wanted to hear what the Lord had to say. And, and many times in, in wondering about things, about the future and, and how our lives would look like, all we're doing is talking. You know, there's a lot of questions to ask. And, and God's, I'm not saying here this morning that you shouldn't ask the Lord. In fact, if you do have questions, the best person to ask is the Lord. But, but here's, here's also where he was at in, his, in a place of seeking. He was looking for a response. He wasn't just asking to ask the question. He was seeking a response. And you know, the, the thing about seeking the Lord is this. We not only should be good at talking, we should be good at listening. We should sometimes pause and go, Lord, give us an answer, and, and then just pause to wait for that answer. And maybe ask that question, but, but then also ask that question with this, this heart and belief that he can answer. You know, many times we'll, we'll ask God an answer, and before he can reply, we're just doing the next thing in our head, the next thing we've dreamed up. The next thing that just suddenly is in front of us and, and we're, we're just going ahead and, and without even stopping and pausing like we should and listening, we're just going and doing. And many times that's that, that we say, well, we, I've, got a, I've got a vision and, and I've got this and I've got that. And, and listen, you haven't even done the time to seek and to listen and to pause and to understand. And, and, and many times we, we just go about, even in our prayer life, and it's not, about, it's, not about, it's not about the thing that actually God wants. We're just busy talking. We're just busy telling God at times how it should be and telling Him how, to, how we would see our lives and how He should do this and how He should do that. And, and, and many times all we ought to be doing is just saying, Lord, what would you want with this life you've given me? Lord, what, what is it in the next week? What is it in the next month? What is it in the next year that you would have for me? And we ought to seek a response. And, and we ought to seek believing that God is able. That God is able to give us an answer. And God is able to give us a response. Do you expect a response? Do, do we expect as we open the Word of God and we claim that it's, our, it's the compass of our lives that actually He'll maybe point us? to a place, point us to a person, point us to a destination? Or do we just go about and, and sort, of, sort of just out of duty, out of automation, we just go around in motion? And yet, in his response, sometimes it's this. Notice what he says. He was in a place of seeking. Firstly, he sought the Lord. He sought a response. But notice the response. And what I shall answer and notice his expectation when I am reproved. You know, reproof here is, is correction. But specifically, it's correction with words. It's, it's, he, he was waiting on a response of correction. And you know, sometimes we approach God with the presumption that we're right. Sometimes we approach God with a presumption that actually we've just got it figured out and he just has to bless it. <laughs> And yet, you know, so much of actually getting a vision from the Lord is actually course correction. It's actually clarifying what He wants. 
It's actually getting to a place where we're listening for him to correct the course that we're on and to maybe slightly adjust some things in our lives. You know, he came with an expectation of being corrected. And many times we approach God, especially when we're dealing with our future and dealing with what's to come and dealing with expectation, with just our own expectations and them being rubber-stamped by, uh, by God. You know, when it, when it comes to physical vision, you know, most people, they, they, uh, they understand that as the, the older that they get, their, their eyesight starts to change. And for me, just in my genetics, I, I needed glasses very quickly. I began to, uh, to notice that when I was 16, the, the board started to get fuzzy and and I blame my, my, you know, my failing grades on that. Really, I was just wasn't doing my homework. But, but I needed glasses. That's what it was. And I remember sitting there at the optometrist at, at Plumpton in Western Sydney and, you know, made my first optometrist booking. And, and she said, yep, you're short-sighted. And so I got my glasses. And, and you know, the, I remember getting those and coming the next day. And everyone's like, whoa, who are you? Are you a new student? You know, all of those jokes that they, that they do and, but you know what I found after I, I, I got my, my eyesight examined? I had to go every once in a while. And, and after a while, that my, my, uh, my prescription needed adjusting so that I could see clearer, so I could, I could continue to, to drive with clarity and to get, uh, to get from A to B with, and without running into things. And it, there needed to be a course correction every once in a while. And, you know, many times we, we get in our minds that, that once, once God's told us one thing, that that's it. And, and there's things that God has placed in His Word that are eternal and that are just, um, they're, they're understandable and right to do. But there's some specifics in our lives that along the way, God's going to have to course correct. You might be heading the right direction, but slightly off after a while. You know, we have hearts that are prone to wonder. We have vision sometimes that needs a little bit of clarity as we go along and we might perceive it to be one way at one point in our lives, but as we get closer, we need greater focus and sometimes a greater correction. And we've got to be willing in, in, in our place of seeking for the Lord to be the director of that, for, for Him to give us clarity as we go about in our lives and and that, that His plan, at times, needs adjusting in our lives. You know, it could be the same goals. could even be the same direction, but you might need some greater clarity as you go along. And so, firstly, if we're going to see vision happen in our lives, we've got to be in a place of seeking. So are you in a place of seeking? Are you at your watch? Are you in your tower? Are you in your place? Are you praying? Are you seeking the Lord in His Word? Are you actively asking Him the right questions? And if so, are you looking for a response? And hey, it might be different. Hey, it might be a reproof. And so are you willing then for Him to course correct you? But then notice, secondly, that this plan, it was, a, it was to be a plan for simplicity. He says in verse 2, and the Lord answered me, and notice that the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. And notice the, the second part of how vision works. 
You need to be in a place of seeking, but you need to also, secondly, have a plan for simplicity. He said, write the vision. It's interesting that he, he said that, and we understand that ultimately God's plan is written, right? God chose to write it. Right? Why? Because when you write something, it's undeniable, right? When you write something, it's clear. You know, many things in, in our lives today that are, are digital and you know, we, we hear, we, we, we see in the sense of, of pictures and all of that. And, and yet, it's still that indoors today, there's still the word. And there's still words that are penned. And, you, you know, they're saying that the, the pen is mightier than the sword because words matter. And he's saying, write, write it down, write the vision. C.S. Lewis said, uh, you can make every, anything by writing. And, and how many of you have journeyed to far-flung places just because of something that you've read and has fed your thoughts and your imagination, but also has, maybe have been points of reference. And, and certainly we have the Word of God as a point of reference that is written for us as His vision for humanity and His vision of history and His vision for salvation and His vision for doctrine. And writing is the best way to clarify the unseen. You know, that's why it's therapeutic for those who are going through and they're, they're dealing with even trauma and dealing with those different things. One of the ways that therapists will help you understand that is by letting you write, by journaling. And, and those that, that, that have done that and have, have gone through that, they understand the benefit of it because sometimes our thoughts in here don't make sense until they're written down. And, and that's the way it is with vision. That, that's why it, so, so many have great dreams and have great ideas that never eventuate because they've never planned for simplicity. There's no steps. There's no clarity. And so many times in, in our families and many times in, in our lives, we sort of go from uh, ebb and flow of the different directions and the different ideas and the different desires in our lives because at the end of the day, we've not committed to just concrete steps at times to get to the place where we need to get for the Lord. We go about and we're just, we're just going from here to there and the new thing and the new that. And he's saying, have, have a plan for simplicity, write it down. And there, there's a reason why God wanted his words written in a book. And here's what I'm saying. Firstly, write what God gives you. You know, this morning, it, it'd be great as you go away, and, and you know, it's, this is something that, that we try to do for once in a while as a couple, is we'll just sit together after some time of prayer and seeking and just write what, what God would have for us for the next year and write down some, some things that God's working on in our own hearts and we'll, we'll take some, some time to get more clarity from the Lord and ask Him for further steps and we'll get into that. And, and you know, there's some things that I look back now that have just come about and have come to fruition. And not just simply because we wrote it, but because we wrote what God told us to write. We wrote those things that God was working on. And, and, and here's what I'm saying. Write what God gives you. Because the Lord answered me, Habakkuk said. It was God that told him to write. It wasn't just for the sake of it. It wasn't just to make a plan. It wasn't just to, 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 through fanciful imagination. And that's why I'm saying we better be grounded and we better be settled in the Word of God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 23. Look at Jeremiah chapter 23. And he even warns 
the prophets about this. Notice what he says in verse 25. He says, I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name in Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, notice this, let him tell a dream, and he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully, what is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord. He's saying there that, that you know, in, in correspondence to the things that, that they're, they're saying in his name, there should have been a, a faithful declaration of the word of God. And it's a good habit for us to write a plan and write a vision, but there ought to be a groundedness in that, in the things of the word of God. You know, we better have scriptural ground for what we're claiming is from God. He's given us his vision ultimately in his word. You know, so much of vision can sometimes be a self-fulfilling prophecy. God said, but did he? And many times there's things in our, in our own lives. I, I, I read an article this week about some of the movement today in, in a different denomination of the Word of Faith movement and how so much is being said to be God said when it's clearly not. And there was a particular example that was used of a man who came into a, a fundamental church like ours and, and they, he came in and started to, he came up to the stage and he started to yell at the preacher and said, started to say, God said this and God said that and was starting to rebuke that, that preacher just in the middle of the message. And, and they, they took this man, uh, the security came, thankfully, the, I think the deacons and the pastor had an emergency code or something, but... Um, but finally, they, they took this man out and they sat with him and asked him what, what was going on. And he said, you know, God told me this. And the, the man spoke, in a, God, the, the man spoke in, a, in a real accent. I forget what accent it was, but it was a clear accent. And, and uh, in this clear accent, he declared these things. So they asked him, you know, what, what was this about? And he said, you know, I, I was, God told me to tell this man. And, and, and they said, well... When God spoke, what accent did he speak in? And he said, my accent. And you know what it was? It was just his own voice. It was just his own desires. It was just that. And, and he, he hadn't grounded it. He hadn't grounded it in clear scripture. He hadn't grounded it in those things that, that, that obviously aligned with the word of God. And so much of our vision can be our own voice. We've got to be careful. And so to do that, we've got to make sure it's grounded in the Word of God. And so write what God says, but write in a way that you can understand it is actionable. Because notice what he says about this. Go back to Habakkuk chapter 2. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. It says, And make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. You know, he says, Make it plain upon tables, the one of the modes of, of, of recording something to make sure it lasted was to etch it on tables of stone. And we know this, there's an example in Scripture we, that's very famous, obviously the tablets of stone that Moses had that God wrote in and he, he brought it down and 
We know that that was a, a customary thing. Often it was a ceremonial thing. When something was written down, it was made to be seen. It was made to be visible. It was made to be something to refer to and something that you can go back to and it would last. And, and it, it, was, it was for those reasons that he says this, write the vision and make it, a, make it plain upon tables. Tables of stone, he said, record it. Write it down somewhere where you can see. Write it somewhere where you can refer to. Write it down so that you could, uh, you could, uh, you could come back for some accountability and some remembrance. And, and these were meant to be, uh, to, to be given, he says, it's to be, to be read and to be observed and to be seen over and over again. That's why it's so important. Uh, again, we're talking about just ultimately God's vision for us being grounded in the Word of God. That's why you're not meant to read your Bible once. You're meant to read it over and over again. Right? He's recorded it for us. It's meant to be somewhere visible. And in so much of, of what God has placed for us to do, we forget. Because they weren't written in the first place and then we just lost them. It's not anywhere that we're referring to daily. This was meant to be a marker for, for him. And this was meant to be written down so that others could read it perhaps. And, and then notice what he says in verse 2, that he may run that readeth it. You know, um, he, he says that this idea of running has, has the idea of freedom, of being unbridled, being uninhibited, uninhibited by limitations. And that's why not everyone runs. Because there's many things that inhibit us from running freely physically. He's saying a vision that's, that's good is understandable and actionable to the point where it doesn't hinder you. It frees you. It sets you on a course to run. It sets you on a path to pursue. And vision is meant to be so simple and clear that we can just take it and run with it. That's why he said write it. And I wonder if you've written something. I wonder if you, you've taken some time in the last couple of months and, and maybe the last couple of months of this year to look at what's to come next year. And maybe there's things that God is clearly saying, you need to work on this. And you need, to, you need, to, under, you need to, to make sure that this doesn't slack in your life. And, and, and you need to write that down. And you need to see where it is scripturally. And you need to then go, you know, I'm going to run with it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going I'm to be uninhibited by that. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to take that course of action. And so he says, write it down. Have a plan for simplicity. But then notice, thirdly, look at verse 3. It says, write the vision down. Verse 3 says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But in the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Here's the third thing. As we think about how vision works, I hope you're in a place of seeking, I hope that you have a plan for simplicity, but then thirdly, you need to have a peace in His sovereignty. Because there's some vision that is for an appointed time. But he's, he, here's the thing, it's sometimes it's not your appointed time, it's His appointed time. There's some things that, are, that, that maybe are, are, are generational, there's some things that maybe God has for you. And I think about an example, I think about David. You know, David had a great vision for the Lord. What was his great vision? 
to build a temple. He, 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 he desired something that was for God, an abode for the Lord right here. And he wanted to build a temple, and yet what happened? God said, it's not for you. The vision was right, but it was for an appointed time, and, and ultimately Solomon built it. But you know what David did, though? Notice, go, go to First Chronicles chapter 29. And notice verse 1. Notice this, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son. And notice his, his admission, Whom alone God hath chosen is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. He's chosen in the context of he's the one God has chosen to, to do the, that particular work. But notice David's heart and desire. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the, God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones, and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. You know, he had a vision from God to, to do something for him, but he understood it was for an appointed time. But that didn't, that didn't mean he stopped. That meant he, actually he prepared even more mightily. He prepared in great uh, understanding of that God will accomplish what He says. You know, we're, we're, sometimes we're praying and God gives us something that we're to do where we understand and, and it might be that this, this is a, a great thing. And yet sometimes God will let us wait and wait and sometimes we go through that and we go through, is this ever going to happen? Is this ever going to happen? But, you know, many times here's what we need to do at the end. We need to rest in the sovereignty of God. Because some things are for an appointed time. He's the one in Isaiah 46.10. God's the one that declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, I will do all my pleasure. And, and you get this, you, when you're following the will of God and you're seeking after Him, maybe it'll happen in your lifetime, but maybe it won't. Maybe that you're meant to just play a part. Maybe you're just to, to set this, the things in motion. You know, I think about, uh, I think about the, this previous week. I think about the, the, some of the, the young adults I was able to, to sit with and some of them in ministry, some of them in, in different places in Australia. And I, I think about the many of them who came through our youth camps over the years. And I remember God laid it on my heart to to start a ministry, uh, to, to continue the ministry of youth camp and to elevate it and to, to make sure that we have a, uh, a time that, we're, that young people were challenged about their future. And so many times I would sit down and I would never see those young people again. But you know what? I, I couldn't be there with them every step of the way, but I knew this, God was going to do something with them. And this past week, sitting with some, observing some, some who have forgotten me long, long ago, but I just observing, seeing them using and being used. And you know what? It was for a point in time. 
all I had to do was my part of the vision. All I had to do was my was 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 seek God and desire that and then see that come to be to that to to the point where I was responsible. And so much we do in obedience today bears fruit much later in his will. It's his appointed time, but our present obedience. And it could just be that, that, that God is getting you to play a part or getting this, the ball rolling, so to speak. And it just could be that your part in it is, is just what you get to do now. But, but it's, for a point, it's for an appointed time. It's his appointed doing, but it's our persistent listening. Because he says, but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. As we continue to listen, as we continue to desire and seek God for that, that thing to come to pass. You know, we're supposed to persistently listen, and, but it's, it's, it's his appointed doing. That's why when we come, we're supposed to approach the word of God. We're supposed to be more ready to hear. And, you know, I, I, think, about, I think about many, many times I, I sought the Lord for something and he gave me something. And one particular thing was, was you know, early in ministry, God had, had spoken to me about just growing and seeing the church flourish. I was ministering in Sydney for a long time and, you know, I gave my, my uh, it was blood, sweat and tears for a little while there and, and we worked and worked and we labored. We had a vision for the Lord. And one of that was to relocate. I thought, relocate the church. There was a, a growing population in a corridor in Sydney and so we began to pray that way. We even started to explore a little bit about buying property out there for the church and, and, and there was a particular amount of acreage that I was praying towards and we went and we saw some lots and more often than not, they fell through. You know, that was discouraging. Part of it was that, you know, we wanted to see a church uh, property built up so that we can train young people and, and perhaps just uh, do a work where, where we've got young people coming onto the property every day, maybe in a school setting. And, and so we just said, you know, uh, let's just pray towards that. We kept praying and praying and praying and that was the vision. And you know what happened? COVID happened. And then you know what happened? God relocated, but he didn't relocate the church. He re relocated the preacher. <laughs> and I remember my dad and I came when our journey here started. And we just sat, we, we, we were standing at the parking lot. And my dad leaned over and said, you know, God gave you the vision. He just didn't give you the vision in Sydney. The vision was for here. And it wasn't my, God prepared, prepared it all. I just got to step in. And I see something God's doing here that's exciting. We see, we've seen young people saved in the last two years. We're seeing God work in our church. And, and I think we've got a, a great future for the Lord. But we've got to cast our eyes on Him. Because in His time and in His way, He will do it. And you know, there ought to be a desire in us for more of what God will do in us. I hope that you desire that as we, we head into some time of sharing some specific things that, that have been prayed over and hope you're praying too. But, you know, it's his appointed timing. But at the end, it's our patient faith. Because he says, wait for it because it'll surely come, but it, we wait. And we've got to have a patient faith. Vision is about waiting with patient faith. And even on the good ground, it's through patience that we bear fruit. 
And so many times we have a vision, but we sometimes can get ahead of God. We can, we can force it in our own might. We can force it in our own strength, but it just comes to this, our present obedience. It comes with our active listening, but we've got to come with a patient faith, believing that God can, believing that God is able. Hey, you know, some of you parents, you've got a vision for your, for your children, and you're, you're looking at your children, they're, they're, they're struggling with this, they're, they're going through that, and you're trying to raise them right, you're trying to invest in them the right things, and can I, can I encourage you? Have some faith. Have patient faith that God can. As you seek Him, as you, you, you obey Him in the present, that, that God is able to do with those children what, what, you, what He wills and He desires. And, and could it be that, that, that God will, will maybe test your patience a little bit and get you through the journey, but God can and He's able? Can, can I speak to you, some of you who are involved in ministry and you're desiring something from the Lord, you want to see God do a great work in those, those, uh, the, those people that you're ministering to and maybe just doesn't seem like anything's happening. Can I tell you, there's been so many times where God surprised me and God's just suddenly in His, in his appointed time let things flow out. And so many, so many, that, that so much, so many other examples that we can, we can uh, share this morning is perhaps you have one that's a great story and you share that this week. But I want to tell you that God can give us a vision. And God can give you a vision for what can be in your life. And if you would just seek Him, if you would just, if you would just write it down and just work at it the way you ought to, and then if you would just, just have, have a peace in His sovereignty that He will do it, then I'll tell you, you're going to see something God and only God can do. And I want to encourage you today as we head into the, this, this month. I'm excited, to, I'm excited to see what God will do with us as God's people in this place. But I hope that firstly, you would be found in your place of seeking. Because if you're found in your place of seeking, you won't miss what God has for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And Lord, I'm thankful, dear Lord, for the, the many who in the past had a great vision for you. And here we are, really, as a result of that. And Father, Lord, thankful for those who had, Lord, you've given direction to, you've given answers to, who just persevered with faith. And then as a result, there was great fruitfulness that has affected us. I'm thankful, dear Lord, that each family here, each person you have a great plan for. And so I pray that you'd help us as as we, we seek you to have a, a greater vision for the things to come. Lord, in our lives, in, in, in the lives of our family, in the lives of our society, even in, in the life of our church, and that, Father, then we would just rejoice in you and glorify.